Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 191 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. And this episode is part of our series on RIA technology, where I speak to executives of fast-growing RIAs about their tech stack. My guests for this episode are two executives from Hollowbrook Wealth Management, which is located in Katona, New York, about 40 miles north of New York City. It is Alan Bazaar, CEO, and Andrea O'Neill, Managing Director. And Hollowbrook Wealth Management has around a billion dollars in asset management in, in AUM. We uh, have a great conversation, talk about their tech stack, why they made certain decisions, why they didn't make other decisions, how they built it. Really interesting conversation. But before I get started, I have a message for executives of broker-dealers, RIAs, family offices, or TAMPs. Your tech debt is holding back your business growth. I know it is. Your old software platform is rusty and falling apart and needs a complete overhaul or to be replaced entirely. Your different systems don't communicate with each other, and it's driving your ops staff and advisors crazy with manual processes and errors. If that describes you, then you should run, not walk to our website at EzraGroupLLC.com and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can evaluate your technology ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or run an RFP and help you implement new software to take your firm to the next level. You can take advantage of our free consultation by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. A few quick housekeeping notes before we continue. We support a number of nonprofit organizations that do fantastic work for a variety of causes. One that you should check out is the Invest in Others Foundation, which you can learn more about at investinothers.org. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And now, let's kick this thing off. I'm excited to introduce our next guests on the program. We have Alan Bazaar, CEO, and Andrea O'Neill, Managing Director from Hollow Brook Wealth Management. Hey, everyone, welcome to the program. Thank you, Craig. Nice to be here. I'm glad you can make it. Where, uh, Alan, where are you calling in from? I'm in our office in Katona, New York. Andrea, are you also in the office? I am in uh, my home office, just a little bit south in um, Ardsley, New York. Both are in Westchester. Fantastic. I'm in New Jersey. We're not far away, and we're enjoying the beautiful weather of this uh, belated spring, so I'm sure we're all happy about it, but we're all inside, unfortunately. Uh, But let's uh, kick things off. Can you please give us the 30-second elevator pitch for Hollabrook? Sure, Absolutely. Hollowbrook Wealth Management, we are a full-service wealth management firm dedicated to uh, all things related financial to helping our clients. Our our business is focused on the ultra-high net worth and high net worth space primarily, a la a multi-client family office. And this uh, podcast, of course, is all about technology, uh, technology for advisors uh, and advisory offices. So let's just talk about your strategy overall. How do you guys think about leveraging technology to deliver services to your clients? That's a great question. A, a long time ago, we we spent time and energy thinking about our technology stack. Uh, when we started uh, the business and being an independent RIA, it, it was it was a key focus. It, it, 
and it's evolved over time. Uh, what's interesting about it is we've worked hard at continuing to, I mean, we, way back in the day, we used to mail everything very simplistically. And we've continued to work hard at uh, providing a, a, a much more holistic digital experience. What's interesting about that is not every client wants it today. Still today, some of our, our older clients, but we're continuing to push that and, uh, as a focus. And of course, the next generation is, is very savvy and, and is very accustomed to that. Indeed, they are. Yeah, we're, we're seeing the exact same thing. And of course, as more and more younger investors come in, the G2 and G3 mm-hmm. uh, come into your, your practices, I'm sure they will take advantage of those digital experiences. So can you talk about, when, when you mentioned digital, which areas uh, are you seeing the most usage? Uh, is it more your client portal? Is it a mobile app? Um, when you talk about digital, digital onboarding, what are the areas where you're, you're seeing the most growth? I'll take a stab at this. Um, I would say the most uh, growth that we've seen in the last couple of years, especially you know since the beginning of the pandemic, um, has been clients and investments that we make's ability to receive electronic signatures. And that's been huge for our client experience, being able to onboard a client completely through, let's say, DocuSign, a client um, able to make investments in a a number of LPs or or hedge funds, private equity investments, all done, you know, electronic signatures has been hugely, hugely helpful for our clients. Do you use DocuSign for that? We mainly use DocuSign. Yep. Do you have that integrated into any other parts of your your tech stack? DocuSign is integrated directly into our primary custodian, um, where most of our clients have um, have accounts custodied, and that's Pershing. Pershing is a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I understand through your, your latest ADV, you have around a little over a billion dollars in assets. Correct. That makes you a good-sized firm. And uh, I know your your firm uh, starts off with financial planning as your, as your process, your core process, to understand the complete picture of your client circumstances. So what financial planning software do you use, and why did you select it? Oh, uh, quite a few years ago, we chose eMoney. It, it was the leader at that time with... Uh, with Money Guide Pro, which shortly thereafter, I believe, was purchased by Investnet, and we're are we do not at this time utilize Investnet, so we were left with eMoney as a as a leader to to as part of the as part of the financial planning process, and so um, it, it, the, our financial planning process is is very bespoke and customized to each client. So uh, we use different parts of it at different points in time, Um, but it's it's been very useful. I can imagine it would be perfect for a firm such as yours, which is uh, mainly catering to high net worth and ultra high net worth investors. Uh, Do you utilize the estate planning functionality in eMoney? Uh, we do for, for some of our clients with, there's a, there's a heavier lift for it. Uh, but, 
but just starting. Hmm. How are you finding it? You know, I'm not the primary user of 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 that on our team. We have hmm. dedicated financial certified financial planners. So probably I'm I'm very candidly I'm not the best person to ask that question. Uh, however, um, uh, when we're in all our team evaluations, there uh, it's been it's the team is very supportive of continuing to utilize that software. Excellent. We like to hear that. Uh, so moving from financial planning to portfolio management, trading, rebalancing, what's the software you use for uh, those features, functionality? We use Blaze that was uh, recently purchased by LPL, I believe. It, it, it was. Uh, have you noticed any uh, changes in the platform since it was acquired? Uh, not substantial from our perspective. We like Blaze. We've, been, we've of course, uh, followed all the software vendors and all the different technologies in all areas. Uh, Blaze is an area we like. Um, I know they've got some strong capabilities around algorithmic trading. Uh, what are the specific uh, parts of the, of, the, of the software you use and what makes it, uh, what differentiated it from other, there's a lot of portfolio management uh, software out there. Why'd you pick them? They were a very cost-effective solution relative to some of the larger established players um, to facilitate the the type of trading that we do for our separately managed accounts. Another requirement was the ability to uh, integrate with our performance reporting platform. So um, we're using Black Diamond for consolidated reporting for our clients and Blaze was, you know, one of the better options that, you know, would integrate with that. Excellent. We like Black Diamond as well. Uh, so you're just using the Black, Black Diamond for performance reporting, not the full um, advisor suite? We use, we use all of Black Diamond. We use the full, um, the full suite and we use the client communication uh, portal. That's where we send out our client reports. Um, it's integrated with Pershing so clients can get brokerage statements if they'd like them there. Um, we have some clients that we use that uh, portal for sharing documents back and forth. But again, it's, it's on a client by client basis. So not everybody is utilizing it as, as much as others. Mm. Uh, indeed. Uh, what will, if uh, on the client portal for Black Diamond, are there any features you wish they had that they don't have? Um, they are integrated with Pershing, but it's not a direct integration yet. Um, so we have to click a couple buttons and statements will be populated, but there is a plan for, uh, you know, direct connection with Pershing's um, confirms and statements going forward. So we're excited for that. Yeah, we have heard other clients talking about that, uh, wanting 1099s and other forms from uh, the custodian, whether it's Pershing or Fidelity or Schwab, uh, to appear directly in the client portal. And it, it is an issue for, for more mm -hmm. than one firm. Uh, so yeah, we've, we've seen a lot of client portal related issues, uh, especially around uh, bringing in financial planning data as well. Some, some portals allow the financial planning data to appear on the client portal as well. When you look at um, 
So going going back to Blaze portfolio, you, you selected it because it integrates with Black Diamond performance reporting, which is important. Are there any specific features um, of Blaze that you like? I mean, how often do you guys rebalance? Is it a, a, do you rebalance on a frequency basis? Is it a, more of a drift away from the market, or there's some other um, um, timeframes you use, or, or some sort of other triggers you use to decide what, when to rebalance? So our re, our risk monitoring and rebalance process is we're very long term oriented in the, in the way we approach things. So we're not a heavy user of the automated algorithmic rebalance functionality. We we do it uh, on a very bespoke, customized basis for each client portfolio. Gotcha. Which makes sense. Yes, you don't. You're not rebalancing hundreds of accounts at a time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, we do, well, our trade groups do, can have tens of accounts for sure, okay? But we're doing it, we're, we're going through that process on a, on, a, on a very manual basis to ensure each client gets the attention they need. It makes sense, and and we know that Blaze does have a, a niche in multifamily offices uh, for ultra high high net worth uh, managers because of their ability to support bespoke investment strategies. So it's it's not surprising with N tier household models, legacy holdings. Uh, yeah, do you, do you guys do a, a wide range of asset classes? We do, however, not in all asset classes internally. So we're open architecture. And so we will allocate out to outside experts in addition to supporting an allocation, let's say a traditional long only equity, we'll, we'll bolster, you know, use other parts of other experts in other parts of the asset allocation model. Would that be uh, uh, external SMA managers or TAMPs? Not necessarily TAMPs, but other SMA managers are certainly part of it. Every every asset class, if it makes sense, is 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 fair game. Hmm. Everything from venture capital, private equity, investment grade debt, whatever might make sense at a point in time in a given investment cycle, and uh, for a given client, uh, what might make sense, whether it's a a, a liquid separately managed account or even just buying a simple ETF. We, we view those decisions, all those things at our disposal to optimize the, the investment portfolio for the client. Very good. Looking at your overall uh, tech stack, how well are your applications integrated? Where do you see the best integrations and where, where are some areas we wish the vendors would integrate better? You want to take the bottom one, Andrea? Does anything come to mind in terms of improvement I mean, and integration? If we could integrate all the fund administrators for our investments, you know, outside of Pershing into our performance reporting platform, that would be, that's the dream. Um, you know, it's certainly not the case right now, although there are, you know, more and more pushes to, to get data automated and, and uploaded to Black Diamond or other uh, performance reporting tools. Um, that's the, that's the biggest pain point for us, um, you know, currently, but we're hopeful that the technology is going to get there. We all have our fingers crossed. 
How many uh, external or outside uh, fund administrators are you working with? 30 to 40, Alan. Hmm. Uh, so in addition to the fund administrators and recommended investments that we've um, worked with clients to make, we also have clients requested to add other investments that are not related to Hollowbrook uh, to, to their performance reports. So you know, there tend to be a lot of different outside data sources coming in for our consolidated reports, whether that's a bank account um, that's held away from us, a private investment, uh, real estate, jewelry, anything clients want to include, we can do that for them. Have you looked at any uh, tools such as Canoe that can import uh, PDF files from uh, illiquid assets and other uh non-standard investments? I spend a lot of time looking at those types of um, technology platforms. Um, you know, they tend to be expensive. Also, they are not 100%. Um, there are still issues that occur um, with the uploading of information and having to be that person to, you know, clean it up after would be, would be time consuming. So there's been a lot of interesting you know, ones that we've looked at, I'm blanking on the most recent uh, platform, but I think that the technology is moving in the right place, the right direction, and that sooner rather than later, that will be the norm for uh, RAs such as ourselves. And I think the price is going to come way down. Let me just take a quick break from this interview to talk about the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to uh, be participating in this charitable organization. And they give me the honor of uh, every year helping to judge some of the charities that are gonna be awarded uh, money. And uh, you can get uh, money for your charity if you are a financial advisor or an advisory firm. And you can also uh, participate in a program that Invest in Others is running called the Charitable Champions. This recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities. Let me just read a little bit. This is on their website, investinothers.org. Uh, the Charitable Champions recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities by promoting a culture of philanthropy amongst their financial advisors and staff. You can submit your firm name uh, to the, the, uh, the organization. Uh, the application is already open. The deadline is July 7th, and the winners will be announced August 16th. Submissions will be evaluated blindly by a panel of advisors based on criteria including leadership and culture, events and activities, incentives, contributions, and impact. Now, I'm not a judge on this. I judge other, I judge usually advisor charities. And um, it's very difficult to do that kind of judging because they give us 10 charities with 10 advisors. And we have to decide which advisor gave the most back to their charity and helped them the most. It's really tough, uh, but you know, all the money is going to a great cause. So please go to investinothers.org. And if you are um, uh, running a financial advisory firm, Sign up for the charitable champions list. I think you're right. We're seeing that across the industry. That's just generally technology prices coming down, features are going up. With uh, uh, do you use anything else besides Black Diamond for performance reporting? Do they also generate the statements, the consolidated statements? Yep. So the consolidated performance statements come out of Black Diamond. Uh, we worked uh, very long and hard on having the reports be exactly what us and our clients want to see. So we have pretty standard reports, but we also will make custom reports as needed for a client if there's something, you know, specific that they're looking for. 
How do you find Black Diamond is when it comes to customizing reports on a bespoke basis? The system is pretty flexible already. So we found there hasn't been that much that we've needed Black Diamond to go back and, you know, update or, or change kind of on their back end. Maybe we're asking them to create a new segment uh, breakout that we haven't seen before. But other than that, um, it's pretty customizable. That's what we hear. I've actually, we've actually been using Black Diamond with customers, things at least 15 years. Uh, so long before they were acquired by Advent, um, we've been in yeah, we, we've been working with them. We were a little later uh, to the Black Diamond portal. We That's were okay. on Advent On Demand for a long time. Uh, which, you know, was a workhorse. It did what it needed to do. Maybe the information didn't come out as pretty of a format, but Mm -hmm. overall that was a pretty easy uh, change from Advent On Demand to Black Diamond considering, you know, SS&C owning them. Mm -hmm. Do you use any of the Advent products besides that? Not that I could think of, Alan. No. Always curious. Great. Um, how about any uh, internally built software? Have you have you built anything uh, on your own that you couldn't find uh, outside? No, we have not. Uh, we've not. Everything in our tech stack uh, is off the shelf. Good to know. It's nice to hear that we're seeing a lot of firms, you know, spending a lot of money building very very specific applications. And the issue is, it's it's cheap to build an application. You can usually find a programmer to build almost anything you want, but the problem is maintaining it. Mm-hmm. And that's where your cost, because you have to maintain it basically forever. And that's where the costs tend to uh, expand. Yeah. And the, the, with the speed, the way we've sort of looked at things is we want to be a beneficiary of the speed at which the market is changing and mm-hmm. being able to be a, our te- have our technology stack be a beneficiary of those things over time. That's what we always recommend because you, by building it yourself, you lose that capability that the vendors have when they're bringing in best practices from hundreds of clients that they're merging into their software. You now getting advantage of, whereas if you built it yourself, it's just your best practices, which is not cannot never be as robust as you would get from a vendor. In most cases, sure. there's, there's still sometimes. Can we talk about um, how often you review your tech stack? So you've been, you guys have been in business a long time. Um, how often do you go back and take a look at your vendors and your tech to see, um, is it working well? Is, can it be optimized? Are there other vendors out there that we could use instead? So we're always, uh, Andrea and I in particular in the firm are always communicating about things we're finding in the marketplace, either through conversations with relationships or reading an article or what have you on a formal basis we're looking every six months we're having a conversation internally in terms of is there anything we've seen is there anything we're doing different that should be done different in terms of our 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 tech stack that we 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 should be adding evolving changing and and we, we have some outside relationships that help us think that through as well. Terrific. We recommend doing that at least annually, but every six months is even better. It's like really an from- internal conversation uh, to make sure we're we're it's staying front and center given the importance of it. 
Absolutely, because we we find some firms we work with, some large RIAs similar to you, don't look at their their tech. Maybe years will go by and they haven't even taken a look at their tech overall in a long time and things aren't working well, it's not optimized, or maybe, as you mentioned, there's better things available that they don't even know about. So glad to hear you're looking at things on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. I will say also, we we would be much quicker to um, update uh, internal software versus anything that's client-facing. We like to keep the client's uh, life as easy as possible. They're not having to set up a, a por- new portal login once a quarter because we found the next great thing. So that's something that we're really cognizant of. I can understand. Clients don't like change. And do you only have one portal or do you also have them going into the Pershing portal for anything or any other portals? They could go into Pershing if they'd like to, um, you know, we'll, we'll set them up with access and educate them on the differences. But for the most part, our clients are, if they're going anywhere, they're probably just going to go to black diamond more often than not, they're going to reach out to me or somebody else on the service team and, and just ask for what they need directly. Indeed. So Black Diamond provides the portal, not e-money. You're right. Yeah. Very good. Um, Let's talk about marketing. What uh, external digital marketing tools do you use? Why did you pick them and and how are they, uh, what what are you using them for uh, in terms of uh, um, building out your business and and, uh, what type of marketing um, capabilities are you using? So today we're using HubSpot. We moved to HubSpot probably uh, 18 months ago, uh, two years ago. And we, we used it for our email co- communication um, and uh, primarily today with clients. Mm-hmm. Do you do any uh, marketing campaigns to specific um, demographics to grow your business? We do not specifically through any of the technology channels. Uh, does HubSpot integrate with your CRM? I forgot to ask, what is your CRM? Uh, we use Wealthbox for our CRM. And um, it HubSpot, I believe, does integrate with that. Um, it also integrates with our internal communication tool, which is Slack. Good to know. Uh, how and how do you like Wolfbox? We like it. We've we've actually used a number of different um, CRMs over, you know, the past ten years. Wolfbox has been here with us the longest, and uh, I, I definitely like it the best. How long have you had Wolfbox? Probably five years. Alan, would you say? Yeah, probably. And what what made you select them over the other ones you work with? So I will say we were on, uh, what's the big one? Salesforce for a little while. And what we found was while it's a very robust platform, it really requires a lot of personalization and coding and technology to really have it be working the way you would need it to. So we have found Wealthbox to be the simplest um, you know, does everything that we need. There are a number of different areas in there as far as signing tasks, um, 
you know, that's where we do all of our opportunity lists to see what, you know, new client prospects we've got in the pipeline. Uh, and the integration with Slack has been huge as well. Well, that's excellent. Can you give me an example of how you use the Slack wealth box integration? Like what's a use case or, or a, an issue that gets resolved quickly because you've got that integration? Um, if Alan talked to a client who, you know, needs some money moved or needs to do something, there's a tax bill coming up, he will log that in the client's page on Wealthbox and that'll automatically share to a channel that we have set up on Slack. So he doesn't need to update me and the client's page um, on the CRM system. It's all done once and, you know, we can just jump on whatever the request is from there. It's, it's been very useful in terms of um, the team communication and understanding if someone spoke to someone like an Andrea's example, it's been very helpful for keeping everyone up to speed. That's terrific. We love hearing that. I love hearing how uh, when applications integrate and make things easier uh, overall. Uh, last couple of questions. Uh, do you feel you guys are more innovative in terms of cutting edge or do you prefer to stick with software from established vendors in general? We tend to stick with established vendors. Mm -hmm. Do you have any plans? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Craig. I didn't mean to speak no, on top of you. I, we, we want to be forward leaning and thinking about our technology stack in terms of adoption. However, we're, we're typically not adopting a, something that's not uh, from an established organization. And last question, do you have any plans to change any of your software um, in the next 12 to 18 months? Not at this time. Everything's just working great. Yeah, until it's not. So, yeah, and until we figure out the, the, the seamless integration with outside administrators, that's the, that's the, the big one for us. Well, putting out a call to any vendors who have that option that can integrate multiple fund administrators, please uh, give the team at Hollowbrook a call. And team at Hollowbrook, Alan and Andrea, thank you so much for being on the program. It was fun. It was fun talking to you. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Craig again. And here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Hollowbrook has a well-defined tech stack that includes uh, software such as Blaze Portfolio for Portfolio Mandarin. Black Diamond for performance reporting and client portal, and eMoney for financial planning, all great applications. And by the way, all these applications have good Ezra Group WealthTech integration scores. Number two, they use HubSpot for email communication and marketing automation, as well as Wealthbox as their CRM, and that's integrated with Slack for interteam communications. They found Wealthbox to be the simplest and most effective CRM for their needs, and they have no plans to change the software in the near future, except they're looking for some seamless integration with outside uh, asset administrators. Number three, Hollowbrook regularly reviews their tech stack to ensure it's optimized and considers new vendors if necessary. I can't emphasize enough how important it is, at least annually, get your stakeholders together, review your tech. Even if your decision is to do nothing, that's still a decision, you still took a look, 
you can at least talk to your superiors or to the board and say, hey, we check out the tech every year. We're fine with it. Or, hey, we've decided there's some issues. We want to make some changes. You should really do that. Uh, it helps. And congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Please go to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information, updates. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening and talk to you all again next time.